We happy to have Jeffrey back? If you're new, uh, Jeffrey's been on tour with American Idol winner David Cook for the past uh, couple of 10 so weeks, and uh, we have missed him. I was going to give a big shout out to Chris this morning and let you uh, boost his ego and say great things about him. Chris is uh, at home in bed. He threw his back out, so he is hurting. Yeah, and those of you who have experienced that, you know that's a terrible, awful thing. And so uh, pray for Chris. He'll be back soon. And uh, we'll, we'll be glad to see him. Well, we are less than 24 hours from Halloween. So candy's been bought, right, for 80% of us. And some of us are going to stop by Walmart uh, about midnight tonight or 5.30 tomorrow afternoon, something like that. Uh, costumes have been picked out. Kids already know who they're going to be unless you have that one child that's still going to change their mind three more times before tomorrow. Uh, if you have more than one, then you have that child uh, who's going to do that. Uh, scary, creepy music's already been picked out. We're all set. We're ready to go for, for scary day tomorrow. And we've been talking about this whole month, this theme, this idea of scary, and uh, the, the fact that there's, that there's some things in life that are just scary. Uh, and t- t- today, w- the way we're going to wrap it up is not so much with a specific scary thought. We've been talking about those uh, this month. Uh, really, the idea of there are some things that are just really weighty, they, they, they're really serious, they kind of grab your attention when you think about them. We're not going to talk about a specific scary thought so much today as just the idea that life can be scary sometimes. Not one thing, just it's different for all of us. But we face seasons of our life, moments in our life, conversations, relational things that they're just, they're just scary moments. And, and we all feel it. It's an emotion we all fear at times in our life. And you probably can identify it best by thinking back to when you were a kid. Right? We felt that sense of fear when we were a kid. We all had things we were afraid of as a kid, like the dark or monsters under the bed, right, monsters in the closet, or clowns, or whatever it was. We had that thing, being left alone, like not being able to find our parents. If you ever had one of those moments in the mall or or out somewhere, you know that sort of sudden panic uh, that you feel as a kid. And, And you never outgrow your ability to be afraid. Hopefully, you outgrow some of the fears that you had, right? Hopefully, you're not still afraid of monsters under the bed or in the closet or, uh, you know, the dark. You've kind of, you figured out the dark, that it's okay. Um, when you become an adult, you pray for the dark, right? Please just let everybody go away and let me sit in the dark. So, hopefully, you outgrow some of those fears, but you don't outgrow the, the potential to be Afraid, and, and I know the Bible tells us often, fear not. You know, Jesus said a lot to his followers, be not afraid, be not afraid. That's true, absolutely. I, I believe all of that, but then I, I also know that the reason he had to say that so much was because we get afraid. We do face fearful things and, and the kind of the what ifs of life, or maybe it's relational, or maybe it's a a diagnosis that you hear from the doctor, uh, all of these different ways that we get afraid. Now, I'm not encouraging panic 
It's not what I'm trying to provoke here. I'm, I'm not encouraging the hypochondriac in all of us, right? We all have a little hypochondriac in us. Some of us, it's bigger than others. I'm not trying to bring that part of us out. I'm just saying that sometimes we fear, like when we realize we can't control the future. Right? That's kind of a scary thing sometimes. When you as a parent realize, I can't go everywhere with my child and make every decision for them, that they're actually going to go away from me sometimes, and I don't know what they're going to decide to do. Or someone we care about is making terrible decisions, and there's nothing we can do about it. Or Like I said, that doctor's visit, those set of circumstances, it just provokes fear. Maybe you remember from the Old Testament... A king by the name of David, most famous king of the Old Testament, most famous king in all of Israel's history, even today, is this guy named David. Uh, the Bible says he had a heart for God. He wasn't perfect. He did a lot of things wrong, but he was just this great king. Jesus is even referred to sometimes as the son of David. That's how significant this particular king was. And in Psalm chapter 56, that king David writes this phrase, when I am afraid, when I am afraid, not if I'm ever afraid or I'm not afraid, but when you get afraid, here's some suggestions. David, as an adult, after living a lot of life and seeing a lot of things, David writes, when I am afraid, which is significant because this is the same David who as a teenager faced Goliath. Remember that story of the giant, nine feet tall, and nobody wanted to fight him, and here's little teenage boy David. He's the only one brave enough, we would say. He's the only one courageous enough to go down into the valley to fight this giant with a slingshot. He kills him, cuts off his head. The only one. And, and that same guy, who was so brave on that day, writes, when I am afraid. Yeah, I get afraid. He... He says, as a, as a shepherd boy, he killed a lion and a bear, like literally. Like this wasn't locker room smack talk. Yeah, I'm the baddest, I'm the brave. It wasn't that. This was like for real, I did this. I killed a lion, I killed a bear. And that guy who kills lions and bears, oh my. That guy writes later on, when I'm afraid. He leads Israel into battles. Like he's a warrior. and He's in the middle of it. And he's conquering territories and enemies and armies. He's this great warrior. And he writes, When I am afraid. He's not a coward. He doesn't shrink back from hard things. And yet he admits, I get afraid sometimes. The psalm right before Psalm 56, also written by David. Here, when he writes, Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. We're talking about scary. David says, Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, Oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm, and maybe you would use different metaphors, maybe you would use different imagery, but we've all been in times of our life where we wish, man, I wish I could just fly away. I wish I could just get out of here. 
I wish I wasn't in this particular circumstance. I wish these things weren't happening to me or my family or to people that I care about. I wish I could just fly away from all of this. I wish I could unhear what I just heard. I wish I could unsee what I saw. I wish I could unknow what I now know about this circumstance or about myself or about my family. I wish I could just get away. And King David, the mighty, courageous King David, said, yeah, I I feel that way sometimes. Now, he writes this, when I am afraid comment, in the middle of running away from King Saul. He was the, the predecessor to King David. Saul was the king, but David, everybody knew David was going to be the next king, and Saul didn't like that, and Saul, so Saul's pursuing David, Saul's trying to kill David, and David's running from place to place, just trying to stay alive, and in the middle of that, he writes, when I am afraid. It actually happens, the action of this psalm happens in 1, psalm 21, uh, 1 Samuel, excuse me, 1 Samuel 21. David's running from Saul. He ends up running of all places to the hometown of Goliath, uh, which you got to think people there don't really care for David. He's having to hide out there, and he's all alone. There's nobody with him to help protect him. There's nobody to encourage him. There's nobody to say, hey, it's going to be okay. It's all going to work out. Don't worry about it. David's by himself in this place, and he writes, when I am afraid. And then he follows that in Psalm 56.3. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And he's praying. He's talking to God. When I am afraid, and I am afraid sometimes, I put my trust in you. Now, some interesting things about this phrase, this comment. One of them is that fear and trust at times coexist. Fear and trust at times coexist. David says, when I am afraid during that time, I'm also putting my trust in you. It's not one or the other. It's not like a light switch. It's not like, I don't, I don't fear anymore because I trust. David says, no, when I'm afraid, I'm, I'm putting my trust in you. And there's at least some period of time when both of those things are happening. Now he goes on in verse 4 to say, like, eventually, if I keep putting my trust in God, trust wins out. Trust begins to, 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 to pat down, to, to lessen the fear that's in me. But for some period of time walking through this uh, season of fear, David says, I kind of got both going on. I'm afraid at what I see in front of me. I'm afraid at the potential of what I just heard. But I'm putting my trust in you. And, I, and I'm glad David's honest about this. I'm, I, I'm glad he doesn't try to present himself as always courageous and always brave, and I'm never afraid. Now, David says, yeah, there's times I'm afraid, and I, I put my trust in God. Here, here's something else, and see if you agree with this. I don't choose to fear, but I can choose to trust. The fear aspect of this equation is not something I choose. I don't choose to feel afraid. It just happens. That's the way fear is. It's just there. It's sort of just on us. It just shows up. It just pops up. Like when when I'm talking to my doctor and my doctor is concerned about something, the doctor gives me news that I don't want to hear, there's not a moment where I decide, okay, 
right now, I'm going to start being afraid. It's not, it's not like I don't consciously say, yeah, let's start. Ready, go. If you're a parent and you've ever watched your 16-year-old back out of the driveway for the very first time, like you don't turn to your spouse and go, hey, let's start being afraid. Ready? Okay, one, two, three, now. Like you, don't, you don't choose fear. You don't decide, this is it, I'm going to be afraid today. That's what I'm going to do. Fear, fear just shows up. None of us choose our phobias. We talked about phobias earlier in the, in the series. Like whatever those phobias are for you, heights or, or airplanes or spiders or snakes or uh, enclosed places or clowns or whatever it is, whatever that thing is, that irrational fear that you have... There's not a moment like you get to sixth grade and they pass out a piece of paper and say, okay, we're all going to choose our phobias today. Everybody has to pick two. You pick whichever two you want and you're going to have an irrational fear of them the rest of your life. Nobody ever did that. You just are afraid of that thing and you can't always explain it. Now, your experiences maybe had something to do with that, but you didn't pick them out. I'm going to be afraid of these two things. You can argue that you can choose to continue to obsess over fears. You continue to think about fears every single day. You can continue to worry about fear. Maybe you choose that, but that initial fear you don't choose. Fear doesn't need an invitation, does it? It's not waiting for you to invite it in. Fear doesn't go, hey, I need somebody to be afraid of me. Would, would you oblige? Would you just be afraid of me because I need that? It's, it's like the uninvited guest at the party. We've all experienced this. Like a party's going, maybe it's even at your house, and like halfway through you go, like, who is that? Does anybody, know? anybody know who that is? And they stay. That's the thing about uninvited guests, right? They don't just pop in and pop out. Like they stay to the very end. They stay through cleaning up. They don't help clean up, but they just keep chatting and talking, and they just keep, and you're thinking, would you go away, right? That's the way fear is. It doesn't need an invitation. It's not waiting for you to say, okay, come on in. Make me afraid. Fear just kind of shows up. We don't choose fear. The part of this equation that we get to choose is trust. That's something I can choose to do. I can choose to put my trust in God. That's what David says. When I'm afraid, didn't have any choice. It was just there. My emotions went crazy. I was afraid. But what I chose to do in that moment is I chose to trust God. If you think about it, when we're afraid is really the only time we can truly find out if we do trust God. Like when there is some unknown, call it fear, whatever you want to call it, when there is some uncertainty, when there is, I don't know how this is going to work out, I fear the worst, this could, not, this could go the wrong way, unless there is that element, you and I don't really know if we trust God. Because we can say that we trust God when everything's going great, but that's because we don't have to trust God. We can say that we trust God when the marriage is good and the kids are good and the bills are paid. That's because we don't have to trust God. We can say we trust God when we get a great report back from the doctor. That's because we don't have to trust God. Everything's good. Now, we can be grateful for those things. We can say, God, every good gift comes from you. Thank you for this in my life. I'm grateful for this. But to say, I trust God... There has to be some component of my life that I might not trust God with. There there has to be some fear 
When I'm afraid, which I didn't choose, I find out if I trust God. Right? I, I get the chance to prove that I trust God when I'm afraid. There's, there's really no way to prove that I trust God when everything's good. I, I get the opportunity to demonstrate trust or faith, we might say. I get the opportunity to demonstrate that when there's some unknown. So what does that look like? I mean, how do we define what I'm trusting when I say I'm going to put my trust in God? A couple of ways. <clears throat> First, I'm saying that I trust God's plan. When I say I put my trust in God, I'm saying I trust God's plan because I don't know what the plan is. Like, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know how this is going to end up. I don't know how this is going to all work out. But I trust that God does. I trust that even though I don't see it and I don't understand it, I trust that God is still in control even though this has stepped into my life. I didn't invite it in. I didn't want it in. But it's in my life now. And I trust that God is still working out His plan for me. We quote Romans 8.28 a lot. It's a great verse. Paul writes, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And we know that God's plan is the good one. We know that God's plan is right. We know that God has a plan and it's for good and it's for glory. And He's looking out for those who love Him. We know that not in a bumper sticker kind of knowing that. Not in an Instagram photo kind of knowing that. In a life's hard, life's fearful right now, but I know that God has a plan. I hesitate to use this verse with people because typically we use this verse by someone who doesn't have anything to be afraid of throwing it at somebody who has a lot to be afraid of. And sometimes that doesn't work real well. So I, I hesitate to bring this, up, this verse up a lot because of the way that it gets used. But what I find is when I'm afraid, I figure out whether I trust this verse or not. When I'm afraid, I get to say this verse to myself, which may be the best use of this verse. It's not so much saying it to you, but when I'm afraid, when I'm struggling, when I'm in difficult circumstances, saying to myself, and I know that in all things, including this thing right here, this specific thing, not some general vague all things, this specific thing in my life, and I know that God works good even in this. I know that I trust His plan. But I, I not only trust His plan, I also trust His power. In those moments when I am afraid, I am trusting, I'm putting my trust in the fact that even though I don't have power over this, God has power over this. God has not lost his strength because this thing has come into my life. God has not lost his power because I don't know how this is going to work. God has not lost his ability because I heard something today that I didn't ever want to hear. I trust that God is still powerful. He didn't suddenly become weak because I got bad news. Another time, Paul has something going on in his life, some, some kind of I'm afraid, some kind of I don't understand, and he writes this in 2 Corinthians 12, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. 
That, that's Paul's version of David's, I want to fly away. David said, I want to fly away. Paul said, I want this to go away. Right? Both of them, I want to get out of this circumstance. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. God said, no, in that, I'm still strong. You're not. You're weak. You're afraid. I'm still strong in that thing that you're going through. So Paul says, okay, I'm weak all the time. Like, yeah, I get afraid. Yeah, there are things in my life I don't understand. I don't know. But if you're going to show yourself powerful, then I'm okay being here. I trust God's power. Not just, this, not just the power over the circumstances, which he has. Not just the power to change circumstances, which he has. But the power to sustain me regardless of the circumstances. The power to strengthen me regardless of how this turns out or plays out or what the ultimate outcome is. I trust his plan. I trust His power, and I trust His presence. I trust that when I am afraid, God has not left me, even though it may feel like He has left me, even though it may feel like He's not near me. God has not abandoned me. I am trusting. I am choosing to trust in God's presence. Have you watched any of the videos of the celebrities going to haunted houses this month? Like either they send their staff uh, with a video camera or celebrity, another celebrity goes, uh, I think Ellen started the whole thing by sending her staffers to a haunted house and videotaping them. Uh, Jimmy Fallon has one, walk into haunted house. And, and the, the great thing is that no, no matter how much these two people like each other, care about each other, would say maybe, yeah, we love each other, we're, we're friends as soon as something scary happens, they push each other towards it so that they can get away. You notice that? He's like, no, you can have him. I'm out of here. <laughs> or they're throwing elbows or trying to get... Yeah, that, that's our natural response. By the way, it's exactly what I'm going to do if you and I ever go to a haunted house. Right? I'm, not, I'm not waiting on you. I'm your pastor, but the zombie's going to get you because I'm getting out. I'm getting out to live another day. Right? It's, that, it's that old saying... If a bear's chasing us, I don't have to run the bear, I just have to outrun you, right? That, that's my philosophy if we're in scary situations. I'm not ashamed. I'm just telling you. That's the way it is. When we're, when we're navigating the when I am afraid parts of life, God's not pushing us at the zombie and running. God's not elbowing and, and saying, all right, you're on your own. I'm out of here. I'm just looking out for me. God's saying, I'm walking every step, I'm here, I'm with you. You may not know it, you may not sense it, you may not hear me, you may not, you may not think I'm there. You can trust my presence. And I, I'm not abandoning you, I'm not leaving you, I'm here, I'm with you. When I am afraid, I trust God's presence. Psalm 34 is written during the exact same time period as Psalm 56. And if you have a Bible where the publishers kind of put notes at the top, it'll tell you that. It'll tell you this was written when David was in Gath, or 
This was written when David was hiding out uh, in Gath or in the city of Goliath. It'll tell you, these two happened at the same time. He wrote these two prayers or these two songs at the exact same time. And this is what he says in Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. That's why David was able to say, I trust God because I trust His presence. Because God's close to me when I'm afraid. God's close to me when my heart is broken. God's close to me when my spirit is crushed. He's near. I trust His plan. I trust His power. I trust His presence. Um, When I am afraid... You're here. And that's something that we can claim regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what we're feeling. I mean, trust is deciding, God, I'm going to believe you regardless of what I'm feeling right now, regardless of what my heart rate is doing, regardless of what my emotions are doing. I am going to trust you. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. I think oftentimes... When we're in those seasons, in, in those when I am afraid moments, if we're, if we're listening carefully, there may not be a lot of them, but if we're listening carefully, if we're, we're putting our trust in God, God will send us reminders of that. In 1 Samuel chapter 21, before, before David runs down to Gath where Goliath is from and he knows there's going to be lots of enemies and this may not end well and this may not work out, he goes to this city called Nob, beginning of 1 Samuel 21. He goes to Nob, which is a city of, of the priest. This is where they live. And uh, he's kind of vague about what he's doing because the priest is like, now why are you here by yourself? How come the king didn't send anybody with you? And, and David's real vague. He doesn't want to get the priest in trouble. And uh, in that conversation, David says, I don't have a weapon. Look, I'm out here. I'm all by myself. And I'm doing work for the king, but I don't have any weapons. Do you have any weapon at all? And the, and the priest says, well, you know, you know, priests typically aren't packing these days. But we have one sword in the whole city. There's one sword in the whole city. And it's the sword of Goliath. Now, we haven't seen this sword since David fought Goliath. We don't know what happened to it, where it went. But in this moment, 1 Samuel chapter 21, the priest said, yeah, we got a sword. You're, you're going to remember this sword, David. This was Goliath's sword. And he gives it to David. And I think what encouraged David the most was not that he now had a weapon. I think what encouraged David the most was God's ability to say, David, the last time you touched this, I was with you. You remember? The last time you touched this, you and I, we did something pretty special. You remember that? You remember how I didn't leave you alone in the valley that day with the giant? Remember how brave you were? Remember, remember what we did together? And David puts that sword away and he carries it with him. Not so much to do battle, but to be reminded. As God was with me then, God is with me now. I trust His presence. Oftentimes, God is good to get those little reminders. I was with you before. I'm going to be with you again. 
I walked with you last time, and I'm going to walk with you again. I trust His presence, His plan, His power, His presence, and I trust God's character. I trust God's character. I know I ruined all the P's. Like we were in a good P mode right there, and I, just, I couldn't keep it going. Here we go. I trust God's character, that He is who I've always believed Him to be, even when my circumstances are falling apart. He's still who I believed Him to be. I trust that God is still loving and good and merciful and kind and sovereign and wise. I trust that he's still that God when I don't understand my circumstances. The characteristics that I sing about when everything's going great. The characteristics that I tell other people, hey, God is this. God is good. God is loving. God is kind. God is great. You can trust God. You know what? He's still that God when I am afraid. I just have to trust that. Those things that I say to other people about God, I have to say to myself. I have to remind myself. Now that I'm afraid, God is loving, and God is good, and God is kind, and God is merciful, and God is wise, and God is strong. None of that changes when I am afraid. I put my trust in you. So what do you need to trust God for? What is that area of your life, that one thing or two things or ten things? What is that thing that's most on your heart that if you were honest, if you were as honest as King David, you would say, I'm a little afraid of this. I'm a little afraid of how this is going to work out. I don't know when I am afraid. What is that thing for you? Those colored cards that you got when you came in, that's what that's for. Uh, Over just the next few moments, the band's going to come back out. They're going to sing a song. And and in that moment, I just want you to write it down. If you're a lines person, there's a line side. If you don't like lines, there's a non-line side. You got options this morning, all right? Pick a side. And maybe it's one thing. Maybe this is the big one thing in your life that you need to trust God with. Or maybe it's two things, or maybe it's a bunch of things. Maybe you want to write a paragraph. Maybe you want to write a sentence. Maybe you just want to write a word. Maybe you just want to write, God knows. What is that thing? As we wrap up this series, I thought, boy, it'd be good if we just physically, tangibly symbolized taking my fear and trusting God with it. So as, as Jeffrey begins to sing, there's three baskets up here. They're full of cards from 930. Bring your card. Just bring your card. It's not magic. Everything doesn't disappear because you bring your card. But it, it's just a good, tangible way to remind yourself, plan on this and his power is to God. I got to keep trusting this to God. I got to trust his plan on this and his power and his presence. I got to trust who he is, who I know him to be. I got to trust God in this. Let's pray. God, thank you that we don't have to pretend that we're not afraid sometimes. David, 
the John Wayne of the Old Testament. The warrior, the lion killer, the giant killer. He just wrote real honestly as an adult that sometimes I'm afraid. And I trust God. And so whatever that thing is for us, help us to admit it. Let's not try to be all courageous this morning. Help us to say, this brings fear in my heart. I'm going to trust you with it, God. In Jesus' name.